Tonight, the new mask mandates as COVID cases rise. Los Angeles again requiring everyone to mask up indoors, regardless of vaccination status. Las Vegas now recommending the same. In Florida, hospitalizations growing. Some states now seeing more cases this summer than last. And one mother's warning as her unvaccinated daughter fights for her life in the ICU. It's heartbreaking. I wish I would have made better choices for her. Olympic hurdles, the first COVID case inside the Olympic Village. Dozens of cases linked to the games already, exactly one week from the start of competition. Desperate search, hundreds missing from the once-in-a-century flooding in Europe. This major highway, now a river. The president versus Facebook, the tech company, hitting back tonight after President Biden's accusation that misinformation online is costing lives. They're killing people. The misery due to delayed flights, the pilot shortage turning suffered travel into a nightmare. The shocking video of an attempted kidnapping, how this mother's quick thinking rescued her son. And the power of flowers, how one doctor is embracing wedding season to help her patients. This is NBC Nightly News with Jose Diaz-Balart. Good evening, I'm Peter Alexander, in for Jose. Tonight, nearly all 50 states are seeing a rise in COVID infections, alarming health officials nationwide, and making the possibility of a prolonged pandemic a frightening reality. Experts warn right now the risk for those who are not vaccinated is extremely high, leading many counties to re-up their restrictions. In Los Angeles, beginning at midnight tonight, masks are once again required in indoor public settings. And just one week till the Tokyo Games, a new concern for athletes at the Olympics, the first COVID case confirmed where many of them will stay. We begin tonight with Kathy Park. In just hours, masks indoors will once again be mandatory in Los Angeles County, regardless of vaccination status. It's a pandemic. It's not going to just, like, disappear. A move coming just one month after California businesses fully reopened. But ever since the restrictions were lifted, cases have doubled. This is an all-hands-on-deck moment. But the sheriff saying his department won't enforce the rule, adding they will not expend our limited resources, instead asking for voluntary compliance. Parts of San Francisco and Las Vegas also suggesting residents mask up again. And today, three Texas Democrats who walked out in the state's special session on voting bills tested positive for COVID after fleeing to D.C. They were fully vaccinated. Nationwide, infections jumped nearly 70 percent in the past week, and the Delta variant is spreading fast. But numbers are nowhere near the 268,000 cases we saw in January. Doctors pointed to vaccinations as a big reason why. In pockets where vaccination rates are low, rising cases causing alarm. Florida reporting nearly double the number of new infections compared to last week. Over 99% of the hospitalized patients um, for COVID do not have vaccine. And in Arkansas, Angela Morris has been living a parent's worst nightmare for more than two weeks, telling THV 11 her 13-year-old daughter Kaya has been fighting COVID on a ventilator at Arkansas Children's Hospital. It's very hard not knowing if she's really going to come home anymore or not. I, it's heartbreaking. Morris says she now wishes her daughter got vaccinated. And Kathy joins us now from New York City. Kathy, any talk of a renewed mask mandate there? 
Well, Peter, the mayor is saying no, at least for now, but they will be monitoring the data pretty closely to see if any adjustments will be needed. Hospitalizations are pretty low in the city right now. The Delta variant is now the dominant strain. Peter? Kathy Park in New York City tonight. Kathy, thank you. There are new fears tonight in Tokyo, one week before the summer games are set to start. Today, officials announced the first confirmed COVID case inside the Athletes' Olympic Village. Molly Hunter has those details. Tonight in the Olympic Athletes' Village, the first positive COVID case, and now the IOC working to reassure participants and the Japanese people. What will make these uh, games uh, then historic on, on top of this is uh, the demonstration that this can happen in a safe and secure way. Due to confidentiality, officials only saying the person tested positive on Friday during screening at the athlete's village. It goes without saying that uh, all of the concerned people were immediately isolated. And in this way, they do not pose uh, any risk. Tokyo organizers say since July 1st, 45 people under their jurisdiction have tested positive. At least one athlete, three members of the media, and others identified as games-concerned personnel. I don't know that you can expect to have 100% nobody ever test positive in this situation. With a week until the opening ceremony, athletes in Tokyo remain under strict COVID protocols. In the dining hall, your setup is, you know, plexiglass dividers in between every single seat. Most athletes are vaccinated, but it's not mandatory. Japan still lagging behind on the vaccine front. Just under 30 percent of the country is fully vaccinated. And today, 1,410 new cases reported in Tokyo, marking the highest day since January. Molly Hunter, NBC News. Now to the dire situation in Europe. The death toll keeps climbing as rescuers race to find hundreds of people still missing after historic flooding that has devastated the region. Raf Sanchez is in Germany tonight. Tonight, a grim search by air, land and this sea that was once a major highway. More than 160 now confirmed dead across Western Europe. But with hundreds more unaccounted for, the true toll may only be known when the water recedes. The worst damage in Germany, where once peaceful neighborhoods are now in muddy ruin. In Arfweiler, the medieval walls not enough to shield families from the flood. A week ago, these bars and cafes were buzzing with tourists. Now, this picturesque river town is a disaster zone. 78-year-old Marita lost a family member, drowned in his own home. She grieves him and her hometown. It's incomprehensible, terrible, she says. I was born here. I played here as a child. Dozens of volunteers helping however they can. Nicholas trying to help salvage his friend's business. So all of this is destroyed? Yes, uh, washing machines, TV, radio, everything, multimedia, everything is destroyed. You see it. And none of this can be saved, right? None of this can be saved. It may be years before this town recovers. Activists call this a warning that climate change can wreak havoc in even the wealthiest countries. That is really the climate crisis hitting every spot on Earth. Nowhere is safe. And this needs to be such a calling for rapid global action on climate change. This region still reeling from a catastrophe that none, not even the youngest, are ever likely to forget. And Raf joins us now from Germany. Raf, where are all those people who lost their homes staying? 
At first, people were staying in high school gyms or wherever they could find. Now, most are in hotels or with family, but it could be weeks before they can return home, and authorities are struggling to restore power and running water. Peter? Raf Sanchez on the ground in Germany for us tonight. Raf, thank you. There is dangerous weather here in the U.S. as well. Tonight, 48 million people across much of the Northeast are under a severe thunderstorm watch. The storms have already produced damaging winds and heavy rainfall with a rare tornado warning issued for parts of New York City and New Jersey. This video captured a terrifying cloud swirling above one New Jersey town. New worries tonight for hundreds of thousands of so-called dreamers, those immigrants brought to the country illegally when they were just children after a federal judge ruled that the program is against the law. President Biden is urging Congress to take action. Guan Venegas has the latest. Nearly 800,000 young people brought into the country illegally as children are part of the DACA program. It gives them temporary legal status. We're contributing every day with our work. You know, I know DACA recipients are doctors, lawyers. Um, I'm myself a filmmaker. Excited about that. Like Jorge Cholapa, um, government figures show 90% of DACA recipients are employed but thanks to the program. Possible. But yesterday, Texas federal judge Andrew Hannon ruled the program was illegal. It was part of a federal lawsuit brought by Texas and eight other states. President Biden, a supporter of DACA, immediately responding that the Justice Department plans to appeal the decision. Governor Today, DeSantis Texas Governor well Greg Abbott criticizing the president's current immigration policies. I think what the Biden administration is blind to, and that is because of the Biden administration's open border policies, they are enticing millions of young children uh, into a life where they could be trafficked, where they could be harmed, where some lose their lives. The ruling keeping the Department of Homeland Security from approving new applications, but for current recipients, some good news. They could keep on renewing the applications. They could keep on renewing their work permits uh, on and on like they have since 2012. This new legal battle comes a year after the Supreme Court stopped the Trump administration from ending DACA. For now, dreamers like Jorge hope for a permanent solution. We're Americans. We, we've been here for a lot, for, for a whole life, most of our life. I don't know Mexico. I don't know anything about my culture, um, which is why I consider myself an American. And Guad joins us now. Guad, what has to happen for DACA to become permanent? Well, it's up to Congress. Only they can approve legislation that would give this pathway to citizenship for dreamers, something they haven't been able to do in nine years, Peter. Guad Venegas, thank you very much. Still ahead tonight, the president's scathing attack on Facebook over COVID misinformation. How the social media giant is firing back tonight. Also, caught on camera, the moment a mother saved her child from being kidnapped in broad daylight. We're back with a battle between two titans, the president of the United States and Facebook, the social media company, responding to President Biden tonight, saying it's not responsible for the slowing vaccination rate in the country. The president is blaming the tech giant for some COVID deaths by allowing misinformation about vaccines to spread. Jeff Bennett breaks down the facts. As the White House fights false information on social media about COVID-19, President Biden is pointing the finger at Facebook in an exchange with NBC News. What's your message to platforms like Facebook? They're killing people. I mean, it really, they are, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And, that, and, they're, and they're killing people. 
With a new surge in COVID cases among the unvaccinated, the Biden administration is blaming in part misinformation spreading on Facebook and other social media about the safety and effectiveness of COVID-19 vaccines. I believe that they have an obligation uh, to inform users about what is true and what is clearly false. Facebook firing back, telling NBC News in a statement, in private exchanges, the Surgeon General has praised our work, including our efforts to inform people about COVID-19. The White House is looking for scapegoats for missing their vaccine goals. Facebook says it's purged millions of misleading posts about the pandemic. The White House says that's not enough. It's clear there are more that can be taken. We're just constantly absorbing all this misinformation just it's kind of it's kind of like, oh, well, if 100 people shared that, it must be correct. But nobody actually fact checked it. So that's the danger of how fast fire spreads on Facebook. Heather Simpson gained hundreds of thousands of followers online by advocating against vaccines before changing her mind and getting the covid vaccine herself. For you, what changed? What caused the change of heart? I just I felt like you had to close your eyes to not see how real COVID was. And I was just watching these people deny it. And I just, I could not get on board with it. And Jeff joins us now from the White House. Jeff, there was a lot of pushback in that Facebook statement tonight. That's right. Facebook says it's devoted unprecedented resources to the fight against the pandemic, pointing people to reliable information and even helping them schedule vaccinations. Peter. Jeff Bennett at the White House tonight. Jeff, thank you. Now to a terrifying scene in New York. A mother's quick thinking stopped an attempted kidnapper from taking one of her kids in broad daylight. Vaughn Hilliard has that dramatic video. A brazen kidnapping attempt caught on camera in New York City. And tonight, 24-year-old James McGonigal is in custody for the crime. But his alleged accomplice is still on the loose. The horrifying attack happened Thursday night. Surveillance footage shows a five-year-old boy skipping ahead of his mother when suddenly this man in white runs toward the group and snatches the child, lifting him to his vehicle and pushing him into the back seat. His mother runs to the car in a desperate attempt to save her son. I say, oh my God, my kids, please. I want to open the car, but I can't. The young boy's siblings also fight back. It gave mom just enough time to pry him out through the passenger side window. My kid is stand up on the window. I take it out. Frantically saving him before the two men speed away past bystanders. Police have no motive for the crime yet and are looking for a second suspect. Tonight, the quick thinking mother relieved. I'm scared. <laughs> uh, when I watch it, we, oh my God. Really? Me? And back at home with her son. Vaughn Hilliard, NBC News. We are back in a moment with the massive delays at the airports. Americans are ready to fly, but are the airlines ready for them? With stifling temperatures punishing much of the West, at least 70 wildfires are now ravaging that region. A fast-moving fire south of Lake Tahoe on the California-Nevada border forced several communities to evacuate today. And in Oregon, the largest wildfire in the U.S. right now keeps growing, exploding in size again overnight. It has already torched an area larger than New York City and is expanding 1,000 acres every hour. In San Diego today, the U.S. Navy christened the USNS John Lewis, honoring the late congressman and civil rights icon on the first anniversary of his death. Many of Lewis's former congressional colleagues were there. The Navy plans to name another six ships after civil rights leaders. 
Travelers taken to the skies just set a new pandemic-era record. On Friday, the TSA screened more than 2 million people. But that's also led to a rise in delays, and many of them are not due to the weather. Megan Fitzgerald explains. Airline passengers are stressed out. It absolutely was the flight from hell. For travelers on this Allegiant flight from Vegas to Stockton, California earlier this week, a 17-hour ordeal. Some passengers were ready to snap. So call me somebody, your manager, whatever the hell it is, call somebody because I'm not getting on the phone. Allegiant says it was a technical glitch with a weather reporting system. And in a statement, Allegiant says, we regret the inconvenience. It involved multiple factors out of our control. Travel nightmares like this now seen across the country. My flight was delayed 14 hours overnight. Passengers forced to sit and wait. Flight delayed, flight delayed, flight delayed. Now boarding, flight delayed. Between July 1st and July 6th, JetBlue delayed 51% of flights, Southwest 39%, and American Airlines delaying 34% of its fleet. But it's not just the busy holiday weekend to blame. Now that people are flying again, there's a surge in summer passengers across the board. Why are we seeing so many cancellations and delays? Well, good news and bad news. The good news is uh, uh, America is ready to fly. You know, it wasn't long ago we were canceling flights for a lack of passengers. Now we were canceling flights for a lack of pilots. So the pilots are here. We're ready to go. They just haven't trained all of us. Dennis Tager is the spokesperson for the Allied Pilots Association. He says during the pandemic, thousands of pilots retired, took furloughs and time off. Now they need to be retrained per FAA guidelines. Another issue, a lack of airport personnel. Everything from baggage workers and ramp agents to flight attendants. And then there's Mother Nature, storm after storm this summer, causing hang-ups on the runway. Diverted from Orlando to Tampa because of weather. Until then, to reduce your travel stress, get a direct flight early in the day. Don't check a bag and consider getting flight insurance called CFAR. Cancel for any reason. We thought it would feel good to travel again, but lately, it's a mixed bag. Megan Fitzgerald, NBC News, Chicago. When we come back, the ultimate wedding gift, the doctor rearranging all those flowers for good. There is good news tonight about the power of flowers and the Virginia doctor giving those leftover wedding bouquets a new purpose. She doesn't know the brides and grooms, but Eleanor Love has been to more weddings than she can count. You never know what you're going to get. When the party's over and the guests are gone, love gets to work. We want to keep the blossoms nice and fresh. This first-year doctor and her bunch of volunteers collect leftover flowers to be delivered to patients at VCU Medical Center in Richmond, Virginia. What kind of difference do you hope these flowers make? It's the feeling that they evoke, uh, the sense of happiness and joy, and the reminder that other people are thinking about you. Love, you might say, is sharing the love, part of a project she founded in 2019 called The Simple Sunflower. We're trying to comfort the people who are staying in the hospital, who may be there for weeks on end. Thank you so, so much. Those donated wedding bouquets and centerpieces rearranged for patients like Connie Melzer, getting her flowers early last year while recovering from a heart condition. You're so, so awesome. Now you're bringing me 
flowers, so it's just such a big deal. By finding a second life for the flowers that would normally go to waste and bringing them to patients in a very meaningful way allows us to spread love and spread joy throughout the hospital. Her idea has blossomed. In two years, the Simple Sunflower has delivered more than 760 bouquets and growing. It's taken root thanks to newlyweds like Haley and Joe McCann. Married last month, the couple's flowers ended up going to 28 patients. The day went by so fast, and so it was great that we were able to extend that magic of the day and the beauty of the flowers um, and to be able to share it with patients. Both McCanns are training to be physicians who've witnessed the power of flowers to brighten a patient's day. Sometimes the, the littlest things can make such a huge difference. Generosity proving a simple act of kindness can heal. It creates a really deep connection between the giver and the receiver that is beyond the treatment that they're receiving in the hospital. Beautiful and meaningful. Eleanor Love is hoping to bring her project to other cities and maybe to other medical schools, too. That is Nightly News for this Saturday. I'm Peter Alexander. We thank you for watching. Have a good night. Hey, NBC News viewers. Thanks for checking out our YouTube channel. Subscribe by clicking on that button down here and click on any of the videos over here to watch the latest interviews, show highlights, and digital exclusives. Thanks for watching.